0: I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Galatians. We will spend time this morning in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16 and walking through verse 26 as we continue on in our series called Freedom Through Christ. As we do that this morning, um, I don't know if there are things that you learned early on in marriage or not. You probably should have, right? Right. So one of the things that we learned early on in our marriage is that we were incredibly cheap. And I don't mean just a little cheap. I mean like really cheap. In fact, we were on vacation at one point and we went to the Biltmore Estate. If you've ever been to the Biltmore Estate outside of Asheville, North Carolina, it's the largest uh, single family owned home in the United States of America. It's a 100 and 75,000 square feet. So put that on Zillow, right? 175,000 square feet. There are numerous rooms throughout and we entered in, we had paid for the tickets, but for $10 more you could actually get a phone type contraction with headphones and it would actually guide you through the rooms. Remember, I was cheap we're not paying an extra $20 for this. We'll figure it out on our own. And so we began walking through and everybody else has them because they're smart. We were not. They're listening as someone takes them into each and every room throughout the 175,000 square feet to share stories with them about what's going on in these rooms. And for us, we walk in and we're like, wow, that's, I mean, that's really impressive all right, next room. Walk in. Wow, that's, that's impressive. And we move on. A few years later, we actually had the chance to go back, and we weren't paying. My great-grandmother was paying, and she paid for the upgrade. She paid for the headphones. And we walked in. I kid you not, Jane and I, we walk into the first area, and we begin to listen as they tell us everything about this atrium in the Biltmore Estate. And we both turned and looked at each other. We're like, how did we not know this? How did we not know this information? I mean, what if we would have been here several years ago and actually had someone lead us and guide us and share with us what's going on in each of these rooms? It made the experience so much different than it was the first time around. As we look at the text this morning and as we've been walking our way through the book of Galatians, what we've been encountering is Paul making a specific argument. Paul has been saying to us who are looking at the text this morning and to the Galatians who would have read this among the churches in that region, he's saying, here is who you are in Christ. This is your identity. Don't turn from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to trying to earn your favor by living a certain way in life, thinking that if you'll follow the law, if you'll follow the act of circumcision, or you'll follow the ceremonial or civic laws in the Old Testament, that God will love you more than he loves you right now. He's saying, in fact, who you are in Christ is everything. He's been doing that for the last number of chapters together, and then he began taking a little bit different approach beginning in chapter 5 and saying, now, in light of who you are in Christ, in light of this being true about your life, here is how you should live. Here's how you are to walk this out. Here's where the rubber meets the road in your life as a follower of Jesus. This is what your life should be characterized by. I don't know if you've ever experienced this in the Christian life, but there are moments where you sit back and you wonder, man, how how do I move forward? It's almost like what Janie and I were like as we walked into the Biltmore Estate the first time, had no guide to lead us through these rooms and to share with us all that was going on in that house through the years. And in much the same way, if we're not careful as followers of Jesus, we will walk through our Christian life without the guide leading and empowering us that God intends to lead and empower us. And that's his Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And so Paul this morning is going to make that case. He's going to highlight the reality that The reason that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within each of us as followers of Jesus is to lead and guide and empower us to live out the life he's called us to live out. So I want to read for us the text this morning, Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. If you're new to North River Church, every single week we walk through the scriptures together verse by verse, and that is not going to change. So I want to encourage you, both if you're a guest and a regular attender here, a member at North River Church, bring your Bibles with you and follow along. You can grab one that's close by and the seat back in front of you and follow along if you'd like to do that. The text will also be up on the screen for us this morning. But this is what Paul writes beginning in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, and you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said Amen. As we look at the text this morning, you can write down this main idea that will frame our time together. And it's this truth. When our lives as followers of Jesus are marked by walking by the Spirit, we will have an incredible impact in a lost and a dark world. I don't know if you've ever heard someone say something like, man, there's just something different about you just something different about your life. And you look, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you're like, that's it. It's the fact that Jesus has transformed my life. That's what's different. And what Paul is highlighting this morning is that truth for us, that for us as followers of Jesus, when we walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us, when we walk in step with Him, we will have a tremendous impact in this world in which we live. It will transform everything about our lives. It will transform everything about how we interact with the people that we encounter day in and day out. It will transform how we interact in this world that we live. That is Paul's emphasis here in Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 16. And so as we walk through the text this morning, I want you to take note of what Paul is highlighting today. What Paul is saying for us who are followers of Jesus this morning is that because of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, we are empowered and led to live out the life he's called us to live out. And not only that, but you may be here this morning and you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you think, man, how do I live out this type of life? It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's look beginning in verse 16, and as we walk through verse 18 this morning, I want you to take note of this truth that our lives as followers of Jesus should be marked by walking by the Spirit. Notice what Paul says in verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul's emphasis here when he uses the word walk is simply let your life be characterized by walking in step with the Holy Spirit of God who indwells your life as a believer. And notice he contrasts that with not gratifying the desires of the flesh so i want you to take notice it was the reason for the title this morning of the message and that is the spirit versus the flesh so we're going to see this contrast take place throughout galatians chapter 5 16 through 26 where paul is going to highlight this is what it looks like for you as a follower of jesus to live by the spirit and here's what it looks like to live by the flesh so the spirit Versus the flesh. And so he says at the beginning here, for us as followers of Jesus, our lives should be marked by walking by the Spirit. And our lives should also be marked by not gratifying the desires of the flesh. Notice verse 17, he's going to explain it for us. Give us a little more context of what he's talking about here. He says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do now if you watch cartoons growing up you saw this kind of on display in the cartoons so if you'll remember cartoons growing up kids looking now are like i bet they were really boring weren't they they were actually really good. I mean, I enjoyed them. They were a lot of fun. It's all you had on Saturday morning, so that was what you got. So cartoons, you would have some type of character, and at various points, when something bad came up to do, you would see an angel pop up on one side and, and the devil pop up on the other. You remember that? Shake your head with me. Yes, you remember that? And you had this battle going on back and forth of this character trying to figure out which one am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to the devil? Am I going to listen to the angel? And then you typically saw the choice being made and the character walking out, living out whatever choice that they made. And so as you look at the text this morning, that's what you see on display by Paul here communicating to the Galatians. So For us as followers of Jesus and for us who don't know Jesus, we've got this same dilemma that sits before us. So if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, what you recognize and realize and understand is that your life, when you trust Jesus Christ, you were transformed in that moment. In fact, Scripture calls you a new creation in Christ because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, justifying you by his death on the cross and his resurrection. You are declared righteous in God's eyes. That's the argument that Paul has been making from the beginning of the book of Galatians. He's been saying, if you are a follower of Jesus, here's your identity. Here's what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Live out of that identity. But I want you to notice also that as he's been talking about this, the opposite of that is true. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, then your identity is not that. You're not a new creation. In fact, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, the scripture says, are living at this moment as an enemy of God. You're doing that by choice. You could choose not to live as an enemy of God and to receive salvation as a free gift offered by the Lord to you. But if you've not taken that step, then in this moment you are living as an enemy of God and described in that is you are living here by the flesh. The flesh is used in scripture to denote or to give this deal. You basically were doing whatever you wanted to do without any desire or concern of what God's plan was for your life. And yet when we trust Jesus as our Savior, that changes. It doesn't mean we don't still battle with the flesh. Every believer who's sitting here this morning will say that there's days you wake up and you are constantly in that battle of whether you are going to feed the flesh, whether you're going to submit to that, or whether you're going to walk by the Spirit. And that's what Paul is highlighting here. But I want you to notice that as he describes this, he says that these two are at war with one another. The flesh is at war with the spirit. The spirit was at war with the flesh. Continues on in verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So Paul's emphasis here ties it back in with the first four chapters when he's talked about your identity as a follower of Jesus, what Christ has done for you, that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within every single believer, and that we are called to live in step with the Holy Spirit. So let's look, as we see beginning in verse 19, the next step in this process. He says, when our lives... As followers of Jesus are marked by walking by the Spirit, it will be evident both internally in our lives and externally in our lives. So I want you to notice what Paul's doing. So, so I want you to, to take this to heart as we talked about this in our men's group on Wednesday morning. This this idea of salvation being understood really in three parts. One of those is justification. So the moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your savior, as we have seen Paul highlight here, you are in that moment transformed. You are a new creation in Christ. You are justified in God's eyes. When he sees you, he sees his son, Jesus, and his righteousness covers you, in that moment, you are saved from your sin and brought into the family of God. But we also see when salvation is talked about in scripture and what we're highlighting here and what Paul is saying to us is that in that moment, from that point forward, we don't just magically do everything right. Elbow your spouse and say, he's talking about you. We don't just magically do everything right from that point forward. In fact, it is a daily battle of walking with Jesus, of submitting to him as we walk through the life. This process is called sanctification, of us being made more like Jesus Christ from today to tomorrow. And that's what he's highlighting here, is this process of sanctification, of God's work that began in us the moment of salvation as it works itself out throughout our entire lives. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you're a follower of Jesus, you have not yet arrived at the level that God desires for you. And here's the thing. You will never arrive until you draw your last breath on this earth and step foot into eternity with him. It's a constant process of you growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he's describing here. So notice that he says, the works of the flesh are evident. So remember, the flesh is at war with the spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you. But that battle is raging in your life in this moment. You are at war today. And notice what he says here in verse 19 the works of the flesh are evident. He begins to name them sexual immorality. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So Paul describes here, this is what it looks like for your external actions to be marked by living in the flesh. It's not a comprehensive list, but it's a pretty long list, isn't it? Where he says, this is what living by the flesh looks like. When you are living out of the flesh, seeking to fulfill the desires of the flesh, this is what you end up with. Now, some of you are thinking in this moment, that's the world we live in. And it is. Why? Because people who don't know Jesus are going to act like people who don't know Jesus. People who don't know Jesus, Paul says here, are going to live satisfying the desires of the flesh. I want you to notice that he continues on and he says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul has said here, if your life is characterized by living by the flesh and that's what's marked your life, that you at that point in time, it's very questionable whether or not you're a follower of Jesus or not. Because Paul is saying here that there should be fruit that is evident in the life of a believer. Now, hear me this morning. That doesn't mean that we don't still struggle. Doesn't mean that we don't still battle the flesh in our lives. If you think about it, every sin that Christ paid for on the cross was a future sin for you. I want you to hear me this morning that what Paul is highlighting is that for us as followers of Jesus, that these things should not be what marks our life from this point forward. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God has transformed our lives. So what should that look like? It says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. I don't know if you caught what Paul just did as he describes Living by the flesh versus living by the spirit. If you notice when he describes living by the flesh, the vast majority of things that he describes there are external actions. But when he describes living by the spirit, the fruit of the spirit in our lives as believers, they are internal behaviors. Do you see that? And here's why. Because whatever is going on in our heart is what ends up coming out in our external actions in our life. So he describes this and says that if the external actions are marked by what he describes as the flesh, then what he's saying is that your heart is not transformed. And the work of the Holy Spirit of God is to transform our heart and our lives. And so for us as followers of Jesus this morning, when we look at a lost and a dark world out there and we look at all the things that are taking place and it breaks our heart, but it should remind us of this great truth. What we're seeing externally is simply the window into what's going on in their heart. And the same thing's true for you and I as followers of Jesus. When we are at war, when we are battling the flesh, when we are at war with the flesh, the same thing holds true for us. So anytime I sit down with someone and begin to counsel them or walk with them through a situation in their life, what I know is this. Whatever happened externally is simply a window into what's going on in their heart. The same thing's true for you. So notice what Paul is doing here. Paul says these are the external things that demonstrate that the flesh is winning in your life, but here are the things that are going on in your heart when the Spirit of God is working. Now think about that. What happens when your heart is filled with love and the Spirit of God is at work within you, cultivating that in your heart? Well, you love people well what about joy? What happens when deep down in your heart you are sitting in the joy of knowing who you are in Christ? Evidently that flows out in your actions. You can keep going down the list. So for us, as we sit here this morning, the question that we should be able to look and to ask is, what do the external things look like in my life? Now remember, Paul's not saying here that those external things are going to earn you favor with God. He's not saying that at all. But what he is saying is that when we are walking by the Spirit, when we are allowing the Spirit of God to lead and to guide us and empower us in our lives, it will be evident in what happens both internally and externally. He continues on and he says this in verse 24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, the battle that you wake up to every single day is the battle of will you allow yourself to be led, guided, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within you, or will you say, I got this on my own? Because if you take that approach, what Paul says here is you are going to, you're going to allow the flesh to win. You're going to feed the flesh in your life, and the external results of that are not going to be pretty. But for you and I as followers of Jesus, if we will allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us, As we spend time with him through his word, as we spend time with him through prayer, as we gather together as a community of believers and worship, as we gather in small groups and worship together, what we realize is that this enables us to hear clearly from the Lord and to allow him to guide and to lead and to direct us. He says in verse 25, and here's the third truth, our daily battle as followers of Jesus is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. used to go to a family reunion every single year and would watch my granddad on the dance floor at the family reunion. And I'm just telling you, he had moves on the dance floor. And I was talking to him one day about it, and he would say, you know, Michael, he said, the the thing is, someone has to lead when you're dancing. And he said, where you get into problems is, one, not knowing who's leading, or two, the person who's supposed to be following deciding they want to lead. I want you to notice what Paul said. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So think about this. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, that the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within you, who dwells within the life of every single believer, has the desire to lead and guide and direct and empower you to live out the Christian life. So what's your responsibility? To walk in step with the Spirit. To allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead and to guide and to direct, to empower you to live out the Christian life. So you look and you say, okay, pastor, so what are you telling me here? You tell me I just need to sit back kind of passively. No, that's not it at all. If you ever watch someone who is dancing with a partner, the partner is working just as hard as the person who's leading. I mean, if you watch them on the back end of of a dance, what you recognize and see is that both of them are sweating, both of them are out of breath, both of them have been working hard, but one is leading, and the other one is walking with them, going with them. The same thing holds true for us as followers of Jesus. We are called to walk in step with the Holy Spirit of God, meaning that for us, we yield ourselves to the work of God in our lives. Where we wake up day in and day out and we have this decision, this choice to make. Are we going to take the lead today or is the Holy Spirit going to take the lead today in our lives? Are we going to lead out today or are we going to yield ourselves to the work of the Spirit in our lives? See, the truth is when we yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives leading us and guiding us I promise you, it will make an incredible impact in this world in which we live. In fact, what we will see evident in the externals of our life, Paul says, is what's going on internally in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That those things will mark us internally and ultimately mark our lives externally in this world in which we live. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me this morning. I want to give you an opportunity as we get ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper together to spend some time before the Lord and prepare your heart. As we celebrate the Lord's Supper together this morning... I'd simply ask that if you're not a follower of Jesus, that as we celebrate and as we pass the elements out, that you would simply allow those to pass by. As we celebrate, what we're declaring, what we are being reminded of, is what Jesus Christ has done for us his life, his death, his resurrection. His Spirit who lives within us, empowering us to live out the Christian life. That is what we are reminded of this morning. So maybe for you, the step that you need to take today is to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. To receive that gift of salvation. To become part of the family of God to have the Spirit of God dwell within you and empower you to live out the life He's called you to live out. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus this morning and if you were gut-level honest, the truth is the flesh has been winning in your life. Some of the sins that were described are evident in your life today. And I want to encourage you to turn from those today. To recognize that God's plan for your life, God's desire for your life is so much better than that. And maybe this is an opportunity for you simply to confess that sin to the Lord. To claim what Christ has done for you and forgiving you of that sin through his death on the cross. So that when you take of the Lord's Supper here in just a moment, that you'll take of it in a worthy manner before the Lord, having confessed your sin to him. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus here today, and for you, this is an opportunity and just a great reminder of the fruit that should be evident in your life as a follower of Jesus, both internally and externally. And maybe today is just an opportunity for you to recommit once again Holy Spirit, I want you to lead. I want you to take control. I want to follow your direction, your guidance. I want you to empower me to live out this life you've called me to live out. Maybe for you, this is the white flag moment in your life as a follower of Jesus where you just simply wave that flag. I'm not going to try to do this in my own strength and power. I'm going to depend solely on him. Father, we ask that you would work in our hearts and our lives, that your word would convict us where we need to be convicted, that it would encourage us where we need to be encouraged, that it would challenge us where we need to be challenged. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand if you would. We're going to sing for just a moment. and Maybe you need to spend some time in prayer before the Lord right now. I want to give you the opportunity to do that as we sing. And then I'll come back up and we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. But you respond today as the Lord leads.